Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Do you catch the juggernaut? That and more on an audible Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Welcome to ESPN Radio. Back on SWX Montana Television. And as always on the ESPN MT app, I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Ton to get to today. Pretty standard Wednesday slate, except off the top here, you've become accustomed over the last three, four months hearing our good buddy Sam Herter, Hero Sports. Sam covers the FCS on a national level and uh, does it very, very well. And uh, he was kind enough to give us 20 minutes of his time each week here to lead each Wednesday show. But uh, he had a little bit of an emergency uh, right before the show here today. So... We're going to call it audible. I've got a broad conversation off the top here about dynasties in college football. I find it fascinating that we've seen very few programs, football programs at the FBS level, be able to taste a piece of the college football pie and the college football playoff national championship. And we've seen even less at the FCS level. South Dakota State, the first new national champion since James Madison in 2016. And uh, the first non-James Madison, non-NDSU national champion since 2010. How did South Dakota State close the gap against North Dakota State? How did Georgia figure out a way to move to the front of the pack? And it's not a very big pack, but Georgia is certainly the dominant team at the FBS. We'll have a broad discussion about that. Also happy to welcome back in Trisha Binford. She's the head coach of the Montana State women's basketball team. Coach Ben and I caught up about uh, what it's been like here sort of at the midpoint of the season. Bobcats uh, have been good at times, inconsistent at times, not to be unexpected when you're talking about the defending league champs. I think defending a basketball championship, one of the hardest things you can do, especially at the collegiate level. It's a Wednesday, so we have some free wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. Plus, we have some Grizz hockey discussion Coming up for you as well, our number two, ESPN Roundtable. We have a fun one this week. We got a handful of sound bites from what amounted to a, over 30 minutes worth of a Zoom call with Bill Kohler. Uh, Kohler's always been a, a character that fascinates me. Uh, he's sort of this mythical guy. Uh, he, first of all, was like the first myth of the Big Sky Conference. The big sky, when Bill Kohler was playing, had only been around for about 10 years. And Kohler was this guy that all of a sudden brought all this attention and all these NFL scouts to Bozeman, Montana. And then he went out and became a small school football legend when he won MVP of the Senior Bowl in 1974. And that was when the Senior Bowl was the premier showcase for uh, prospects that aspired to play in the NFL draft. Well, some 50 years later, Bill Kohler retired... From the NFL, he's been a coach. He didn't play for 50 years. That'd be some kind of a record. But he, he's been a coach for more than 30 years in the NFL after playing in the league for almost a decade. And uh, he retired from all football after an unbelievable life of football. And he recently was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Coach Kohler, uh, a guy that's uh, phenomenal. Uh, he's just a good dude. He's really fun to talk to. 
I've always been enamored by him because he's just, there's so much folklore around him. I mean, he's the first and one of only two guys ever in the Big Sky Conference's now 60-year history to be a first-round draft pick. A first-round draft pick out of Montana State. Unbelievable. So I caught up with Coach Kohler earlier this week. We uh, He had about a 35-minute Zoom call uh, on Tuesday, and so uh, we have some of the best sound bites from that. We'll also just continue to tell stories about the great Bill Kohler. A College Football Hall of Fame is no joke, and it's been pretty cool that we've had several with Montana ties earn that prestigious honor here in recent years. Had Dennis Erickson go in this last class. Dave Dickinson was a College Football Hall of Fame inductee a couple years ago. Uh, so we got Grizz- Grizzlies, Bobcats, uh, and it's always cool when you get to be, see the Montana folks, folks with Montana ties, be honored at the highest level. And then 5.30, I uh, get to know another of the newer Grizzly men's basketball players, Anand Moody. He's a, a transfer from Southern Utah, uh, a guy who is a little bit older. He's married with children. Uh, so he has sort of a, a different student experience here at the University of Montana. I caught up with him uh, yesterday, and so we'll play that inter- interview for you here today as well. It's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to be a part of the show? 406-888-1029. Remember that number, 888-1029. We got wings. We got... Uh, Maybe Grizz Hockey tickets. I don't know. Uh, Grizz Hockey returns to the fold next Wednesday. And uh, they have some rescheduling of games. So maybe we'll see what tickets we have at our disposal. But certainly next week, the return of Grizz Hockey tickets. But certainly this week, we got Desperado Wings for you. That's coming up in about 40 minutes. So remember this number, 406-888-1029. You can call that number, text that number, uh, and uh, be a part of the show if you are so inclined. You want to stream the show? You always can visit our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And, of course, you can always find us on 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, Apologies for anybody that uh, captively wanted to tune in to uh, hear from our good buddy Sam Herter. Uh, He had to call an audible, so we had to call an audible, but that's okay. We're still going to talk some college football Right off the top. If you've been following along, listening to this show, I've been on the air here now for about five years. And uh, it's not that I dislike FBS college football. It's that I think that there's a facade that everybody is contending for a national championship. That's just simply not the case. In fact, most of the 120-something teams at the FBS level have literally zero chance to win a national championship. That's, uh, it's all fine and good that they continue to compete. And I, I totally understand why they have popularity and, you know, why there's a certain element of intrigue uh, to a variety of the quote unquote non contenders. But let's call it exactly what it is. And maybe this will change a little bit when the college football playoff expands from four to 12 teams. I, I don't know how it couldn't change a little bit with the expansion of it. But since the college football playoff first instituted its, its uh, four team playoff in 2014, here's the schools that have participated. Ohio state has been in the college football playoff uh, several times. Clemson has been in several times. Oregon has made uh, an appearance. Notre Dame has made two appearances. Here, here, here we go. Here's, here's my table I'm looking for. So in order, here's, here's the a number of appearances over the last nine college football playoffs. Alabama's been in seven times. Clemson's been in six times. Ohio State's been in five times. Oklahoma's been in four times, but not since 2019. So they're sort of on the outside looking in. Georgia has now been in three times and have won back-to-back uh, championships. Notre Dame's been in twice. Michigan's been in each of the last two years. And then one appearance each for Oregon, Florida State, Michigan State, Washington, LSU, TCU, and Cincinnati. Now you could say, okay, there's been a couple teams that have sort of played their way in, like Michigan State, Washington, uh, Florida State. But all I'm saying is, like, if if the fringe teams are Florida State and Michigan State and Washington and LSU, then what chance does West Virginia have? 
what chance does Stanford have? What chance does Oregon State or Washington State have? The answer is no chance. It's a pay-to-play. you got to be up there. All that said, though, that's not the conversation I want to have. I don't want to have the, the conversation on what's broken about the FBS and why do only six programs in the country matter. I want to have the conversation of how do you catch the juggernaut. Ohio State won the first college football playoff in 2014. Then either Alabama or Clemson won each of the next four. LSU broke through in 2019 when Joe Burrow had his spectacular uh, Heisman Trophy winning season and then became the number one pick overall. And LSU won the 2019 championship. Then Alabama got back on top uh, for the third time in the college football era, college football playoff era, excuse me. And then each of the last two years, it's been Georgia. Uh, Georgia beat Alabama last year and they beat TCU handily 65 to 7 this year. For as little parody as that is, we've seen even less parody at the FCS level. We've seen a variety of teams make it to Frisco to play uh, North Dakota State. Eastern Washington lost to NDSU in 2019. Montana State lost to NDSU last year. Uh, And then we've seen a variety of other challengers play the Bison in Frisco. But this year, South Dakota State beat North Dakota State as the first time that anybody has beaten the Bison in Frisco, Texas. North Dakota State was 9-0 down in uh, right outside of Dallas leading up to this season. And so is it a changing of the guard completely? I'm not sure. But I just think it's interesting to analyze. Like, let's consider Alabama, the gold standard of college football, over the last, call it 15 years, since Nick Saban returned to Alabama. Uh, I believe they've won six national championships during that time. Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually... Check it here. Uh, Alabama has won six national championships. That's that's right. Since uh, since Nick Saban's return, so and North Dakota State over a similar time period, a little less time, has won nine national championships. So how? Did Georgia catch Alabama, and how did South Dakota State catch North Dakota State? I think it's a similar dynamic here, and I think that's why it's an interesting discussion. First and foremost, Alabama has done it with a sort of similar formula to North Dakota State, although I will say that for all of the uh, college football coaches out there or all the college football fans that think that the coaches of their squads are stuck in the mud or archaic or aren't adjusting or keeping up with the times, you do have to give Nick Saban credit. Nick Saban was a defense first, run the ball, uh, old school type of coach. He still is, but Alabama has adjusted mightily to become, without anybody really acknowledging it, quarterback you. I mean, look at all the guys that have come out of Alabama in recent years, whether it's Jalen Hurts, who I know ended up transferring to Oklahoma, but he might be the MVP of the NFL this year. Tua Tagovailoa, by the way, he's out. Tua is out for this upcoming playoff game. Mike McDaniel, Miami Dolphins head coach, announced that uh, earlier today. But but Tua Tagovailoa was the reason Jalen Hurts had to transfer to Oklahoma. Mac Jones, starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Bryce Young's about to be a top ten pick. Alabama's turned into a quarterback factory. They've adjusted. They're running the spread. I mean, look at all the receivers that they've put in the NFL. I mean, Devonta Smith was a Heisman Trophy winner and now a star for the Philadelphia Eagles. And on down the line, a whole bunch of guys that have been great skill players there at Alabama. So Saban deserves a ton of credit for adjusting. But how did Georgia catch Alabama? And how did South Dakota State catch North Dakota State? Well, first of all, I think that there's a similar dynamic because they're in the same conference. So you're competing every single year. You're you're rivals. As I said on Monday, you get to see the elephant So there isn't an element of mystery of what the elephant looks like. You know what the elephant looks like. You've seen him. You've played against him. Maybe you're not as scared. The intimidation factor is lessened. And then I think you're also sort of on the same, you know, you get to sort of trace the patterns because NDSU, SDSU, they're recruiting a similar type of kid. They're recruiting from a similar area. Same thing with Alabama and Georgia. They're both recruiting the top of the top recruits in the country. That's part of how Georgia 
swung the deal on Alabama. Alabama's still got tremendous talent. They're, they were still a top-five team this year. Georgia's got better talent than anybody. For as good as all the Alabama teams have been over the last 10-plus years, littered with NFL talent. Last year's Georgia defense was the best defense man-for-man, talent-wise, in terms of translating the NFL I have ever seen. Point-blank period. Six NFL first-round draft picks does not lie. And these guys are automatically inserted as impact players. So that's part of it. I think Georgia was able to take a very, very similar model in terms of structure, culture, swagger, and recruiting because Kirby Smart comes from the Nick Saban coaching tree and coached at Alabama, Georgia went from Alabama light to Alabama heavy. They're doing what Alabama was doing better than Alabama is. If you watch the college football playoff and you watch the national championship game, one of the funniest moments is when David Pollock, who's now an ESPN analyst and a Georgia alum, he blankly looks at Nick Saban and says, Georgia has taken over college football. And Saban's look on his face is just like, oh, man, because <laughs> he knows it's true. He knows it's true. And uh, so direct replication. Well, so how is Georgia able to do that? It's because they have similar resources. They, they probably have almost identical resources. And so there isn't this disparity in who's funding what, what do you got at your disposal, all that stuff. So then you look at North Dakota State and South Dakota State. North Dakota State led the pack in terms of literally everything in the FCS, which is crazy to think because they've only been Division I since 2004, so less than 20 years. But they they made sure that every possible indentured advantage they could have, they do have. They got multiple indoor practice facilities. Full cost of attendance for all student-athletes. They got the ability to play inside all the time unless they have to go on the road for maybe two, three Missouri Valley football conference games. That's it. Other than that, so that that opened up a pipeline for them to recruit uh, from warm weather climates that maybe they wouldn't be able to do otherwise there in Fargo, North Dakota. They got the indentured tradition there at North Dakota State. I mean, people forget North Dakota State won double-digit national championships at the Division II level, 30-plus conference championships before they ever moved D1. So they have a fan base that's used to winning tradition. They have a program that's built on winning tradition. They have a pipeline of coaches uh, that have great uh, – that have have sort of spread their brands and and, uh, have influence in the world of football. I mean, Gus Bradley, who's a defensive coordinator in the NFL, he was there. Scotty Hazleton, who's been a big-time defensive coordinator – uh, in the FBS level, uh, he's he was at North Dakota State and then on down the line. And But more than anything, though, and this is the factor I'll always keep coming back to, when resources are, are equal, and, and on the South Dakota State side, that's where they're able to keep pace with North Dakota State. They figured out a way to offer full cost of attendance. They figured out a way to have indoor practice facility, a brand-new stadium, charter into all the games, a training table. Everything you could possibly offer at the FCS level, both NDSU and South Dakota State offer. Montana, Montana State, they're getting closer, but they don't have that stuff. That's the defining factor then in going to be able to get what you need to ultimately put it over the top, and that's players. Seriously, it's as simple as that. When Clemson was competing with all these teams we're naming at the FBS level, why? Well, because they were able to get two of the best players in college football. Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Players are what is going to put you over the top. What I watched on Sunday in the FCS National Championship game, point blank period, you could talk about culture and a team of destiny and chemistry and you know getting knocked down and getting back up and all that stuff. More than any other factor, South Dakota State beat North Dakota State because they had better players. They had better players across the board. They had better quarterback in Mark Gronowski. They had the most talented player in the game, Tucker Kraft, who's going to be a first or second round draft pick at tight end. I think Isaiah Davis is probably going to be a drafted guy by the time it's all said and done at running back. And they were able to beat him in the trenches too. So when people ask me, what is the missing link? What is the biggest gap between the Montana schools and those schools that have been winning the national championship? And more importantly, I guess two schools that have been the primary contenders for the FCS National Championship. And first, it starts with your internal facilities and your internal resources. Once you are fully competitive with those two elements, then that trickles into your recruiting and you can go get better players. 
I'm not trying to say anything bad about Montana or Montana State's talent. I think both teams have exceptional talents on their team. But make no mistake, man for man, I mean, everybody around the state of Montana, you watched Montana State roll through the Big Sky Conference. And I know that there were some times when they were you know, squeaking it out by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, and they were really, really good at winning close games. But they also destroyed really good teams down the stretch. They killed the Grizz and Bozeman. They wiped the floor with William & Mary. It's a very talented Bobcat team. Then they went to Brookings, South Dakota. I know the field was a mess. The conditions weren't any good. But South Dakota State, man for man, was just way better than Montana State. It's as, it's as easy as that. They just had better talent. The Grizz, same thing. They got they, the, to to close the gap. First, you got to take care of the internal. Then, you got to use what you've taken care of from an internal perspective, and go get as good a talent as you possibly can. If it's if if I was king of the the Big Sky Conference universe for a day, what would I do? to close the gap. Well, if I was the cats, I'd keep doing what I'm doing and continue to try to add those incremental advantages in recruiting. I mean, one spot where Montana state is, is ahead of everybody in the big sky conferences. They have a registered dietitian in their athletic department and they have a branch that's specifically catered to football. That's helping the day-to-day student-athlete experience and the welfare of the student-athlete, and it's also helping those guys become bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, in better health, all that sort of stuff. Little things like that lead to big things like Big Sky Garbage Championships, like Montana State won this last year. But on the Cats, I'm keeping doing what I'm doing, but I'm continuing to try to up my recruiting, up my recruiting, up my recruiting. If I'm the Grizz, I'm trying to go the straight Clemson model. Stop trying to be North Dakota State or South Dakota State. Try to go get the slickest quarterback you could possibly have. Let it all hang out. You know, try to be an offensive-oriented team that's slick, that has stars. Let the guys be stars. Is that going to happen under the current coaching staff? I'm not sure. And I know that Bobby Houck has so much success in his in his career here at Montana. And it's it's not as if the Grizz are light years away. I think that they're close but they're not as close as I think a lot of people around the city of Missoula and a lot around the state of Montana would like the Grizzlies to be considering that it's uh, year five under this coaching staff. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that there's a lot of details that go into this. There's a lot of factors that go into this being the top, being the king of, of your level of division one college football. But really it's not that complicated. It's detailed. It's broad. It's vast. It's challenging. It's not that complicated. Noah is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Ad-libbing a little bit here. Sam Herder usually leads our Wednesday shows. I was hoping this would be our football finale with our guy Sam. We'll have to catch up with him a little bit, a little ways down the road and see how his experience was there in Frisco and maybe have a, a similar conversation. Guys, do you have anything to add to this conversation? Uh, Andrew Houghton, our guy on the other side of the glass, what do you think? Am I missing anything in terms of the factors of you know, what's uh, the separating factors in terms of between the Missouri Valley and the Big Sky and more specifically the Dakotas versus the Montanas? Yeah, Coulter, a couple things here. I think you're right on with the point about the very first thing that you have to mention is that it just comes down to talent, and that's because, I mean, Alabama and North Dakota State, those teams will never lose to a team with less talent because they're so disciplined, because they're so well-run, right? That's right. You have to have equal or better talent to even have the possibility of being on a level playing field I, with I mean, them. I, I hearken back to the 2016 non-conference game when Eastern Washington went to the Fargo Dome, and... Um, at that exact moment, North Dakota State was absolutely flat rolling. They had been undefeated three, I think, three times in four years. They'd lost like two games in four years. And Eastern took it all the way down to the brink. Cooper Cup sprained his ankle, and it wasn't able to finish the game. It went to overtime, and NDSU beat them. But that was an eye-opening moment because you're sitting here thinking, okay, is Bo Baldwin going to go in there and out-coach Chris Kleiman? Hell no. Are they going to go in there and be able to turn the Fargo Dome upside down? Nope. But they got a guy wearing number 10 who's the best player in the game. It doesn't matter how good the coaches are. Cooper Cup's better than you, and I totally agree. So that was my first point. Second point I think we need to mention, second element in terms of what it takes to break through and knock off those juggernauts, 
you need a little bit of luck, Coulter, and I'm not talking here about the bounce of the ball, but just thinking about this South Dakota State team, this Georgia team, you need a little bit of long-term luck, and that can be something that doesn't look like it's a it's a piece of luck in the first place. I'm talking here about Kirby Smart making the decision to bring Stetson Bennett back from JUCO, which looked right. like, you know, if you'd been, I'm sure that news wasn't remarked on at all because it didn't look like Stetson Bennett was ever going to be this guy for South Dakota State. You know, Mark Gronowski getting hurt last year looked like a looked like a big blow last year allows him to come back with another year of eligibility and with this group of skill position guys around and have more time to work with that group of skill position guys. In a way, that's the best thing that could have happened to South Dakota State. And also, I mean, I hate to bring this up, Coulter, but North Dakota State wasn't down this year, but just the injuries was a little bit of luck for South Dakota for State sure. as well. For sure. If Hunter Lepke is playing, uh, Eli Mostert, the great defensive tackle for North Dakota State, uh, was out as well, or he didn't play very much down the end of the season. When we're talking about these margins and you're trying to knock off a team that's on that level, those kinds of things matter too. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's a great point about the injuries. One thing I've thought of frequently as now we continue to get a bigger body of work from what I've been able to observe on as an on-the-ground reporter and, and radio analyst and all that stuff, is when I first started covering college football as a student journalist at the University of Montana, it was in the midst of when the Grizz had their greatest run, just in terms of regular season success, that they've ever had. Montana went 31-1 against the Big Sky Conference between 2006 and 2009, played for the national championship in 2008 and 2009, Went undefeated both those years until their national championship game loss. Those Grizz teams, by and large, were super healthy. They hardly ever lost their premier guys. Is that luck, though, or I don't know? I mean, there, there's like this weird, undefinable thing. Those Grizz teams were the most physical teams I've seen in the Big Sky Conference. They went full contact in practice all the time. They had NFL guys across the board, and yet they were always healthy. Maybe one thing goes, I mean, I don't know, I guess your best ability is an availability, and I think that's part of what makes guys go on to become NFL draft picks is their toughness, but also their ability to continue to develop because they never get hurt. I just always found it striking that those teams hit more and hit harder in practice and still never got hurt. Uh, To me, Coulter, when we're talking about that, I think you can make small gains there. Sure. But I think a lot of it is just not not luck, but randomness, you know, well, sure. from, from, well, and, and from I mean, year to year. And to be fair, in the 2008 National Championship game, Brent Russell, who's an All-American tackle for the Grizz, he blew up his ankle, and then Lawrence Sidbury went nuts and had one of the best games I've ever seen, had four sacks and was the MVP of the game. And because Russell couldn't get off of his, his, uh, his pass pro, so... Yeah, I guess there is some incremental luck that goes into that as well. And we're seeing the Grizz try to bring back that attitude in, in practice, sure. right? Bobby Houck, not to the same level, probably. I mean, I don't even think you could because the, right, the rules. Right, because the rules. But, uh, I mean, we both think that this Grizz team practices harder than any other team we see around college football these sure, days. Sure. Uh, and they've dealt with a bunch of nagging injuries and and key guys being out the last couple of years. So, uh, to me, it's tough to say that that matters one way or the other, and it is just sometimes you need those big, longer-term breaks to go your way. The last thing here I'll, I'll mention is that the Cats played for the National Championship in 2021. Then they put six guys in the NFL, and four of them made active rosters, including two of them getting drafted. South Coast State just won the National Championship. By what I watched on the TV, they have at least two and maybe as many as five pros on that team. When's the last time a Montana guy got drafted? I believe it was Tyrone Holmes back in uh, 2015 or 16. So it's been half a dozen years since a Grizz got drafted. Again, you know, there is a direct correlation. I've always thought that in the Big Sky Conference, you need to have 10 guys on your squad that have first-team all-conference capabilities. You're probably not going to get 10 guys on the first-team all-conference. You need 10 guys with first-team all-conference capabilities. To really make a playoff run, I think you need to have at least two guys that are NFL caliber. I think you need to have five to six guys that are getting looked at by scouts and one or two or three guys that are going to the NFL. That's been sort of the tried-and-true formula, whether it was at North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana State, Weber State, Montana. 
And so when, when it really comes to closing the gap for the Montana schools, I think you really have to just focus on taking care of the internal stuff and then also it's all about it's all about the dudes. It's all about the dudes you have playing on the football field. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you have any thoughts on how you, you uh, slow down a juggernaut, whether it's at the FBS or the FCS, call us or text us, 406 888 1029. We step outside of football. We get into some women's hoops. Trisha Binford, longest tenured basketball coach, men or women, in the Big Sky Conference, joins us next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio. One of my new artists of this last year, John Hyatt. Thanks to the guys over at the trail. 103.3 for turning me on. He is uh, old school. I mean, he's been around for 30 plus years. I just had never gotten into him, but uh, I'm super into him now. Some blues, uh, some sort of old rock feel. Go check out John Hyatt. Also, go check out the trail. 103.3 Montana's quality rock. You want us now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, first of all, so proud because I've created a protege, one of my nephews, Ellis. He is super into the card collecting. If you've been following along, you know I love the card collecting. Shout out to our great friends down at Zootown Sports Cards. Thanks to all your continued support of us here at ESPN Radio and for the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. But my sister-in-law just sent me a, a text of the... Uh, of all the cards that the Ellis man just picked up down at the card shop. And if you're listening, buddy, good job. That Michael Vick rookie card's looking pretty sweet, man. Got a little Aaron Rodgers action. Got a little Micah Parsons. The kid's six, and he's he's curating his collection with some sweet cards already. So good job, buddy. I can't wait to check him out next time I come over. We're into the heart of hoops season now. Caught up with one of our favorites earlier today. We continue to make our rounds around the Big Sky Conference. Time now for our Coach's Corner. It's presented by Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, your Big Sky defenders. Visit BigSkyDefender.com. Trisha Binford joins us. She is the 18th year head coach at Montana State, the women's basketball team, now into the heart of the Big Sky Conference season. Coach Binford, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, doing great, Coulter. How are you? Very good. Happy New Year. Uh, before we get started, any big New Year's resolutions for you or your squad? How about transition defense? I'm just kidding. No, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to get better every single day. You know, I think, uh, resolutions are, you know, something for, for the year, but, uh, we want champion habits every day in place. So just continue to build. Well, transition defense, certainly a common, uh, rallying point for coaches across the country. Uh, just take us through your season to this point. It's been a little while since we checked in with you. It was fun following your team in the non-conference. You guys played a great schedule, all sorts of Mountain West squads popping up on the schedule. You played LSU uh, when you're in Hawaii as well. So uh, just take us through the non-conference. How do you think it, th- that prepared you for a uh, big sky conference play? Uh, well, first of all, it was uh, a gauntlet and I feel like the big sky is becoming the gauntlet. It's every single night is going to be a grind and uh, every team is capable right now. I feel like the conference and the league has gotten better, but uh, it was a challenging preseason. We got exposed in some areas, but we also had some moments where we showed some great potential. So just trying to get uh, a little bit more consistent in those areas. 
And now we're into Big Sky Conference play. Bobcats uh, are 2-2 two and two in league play, coming off of a home split this last weekend. Great effort by Northern Arizona. Lori Payne's squad watched them in Missoula on uh, Thursday and then watched you guys on the stream on Saturday. And in Northern Arizona, they got a lot of firepower. So uh, just take us through your most recent result. I mean, NAU, uh, they've been building it for a couple years now, and uh, they've been very good these last couple years. What do you think of this version of the Lumberjacks? What do you think of the matchup on Saturday? You know, I think uh, the area that they really have grown is their post play. Their post play was uh, put a lot of points uh, against the Grizz, put up a lot of points against us. And, you know, they've always been a high-scoring team, um, but they're capable across the board. You know, you've got a point guard that's hard to keep out of the paint. you got your scores and your shooters. But I feel like the post play was extremely attack-minded over the course of the weekend. And credit NAU, I mean, I felt like they set the tone and really came in and had a great game. Trisha Bidford joining us, Montana State women's basketball coach. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. You mentioned Northern Arizona's point guard, Reagan Skank, and she's been a great player in the big sky uh, since she was a freshman. But I think it's so fun now. You see this group of veteran point guards across the league, whether it's Skank or, or Darian White for you or uh, you know Gina Markson, who has a lot of experience at Idaho and now is playing at Montana. I mean, we could go down the list. There's a lot of really great point guards that are juniors and seniors in this league. As a former point guard yourself, I mean, how much does that influence just the way uh, games are played and how much uh, security does it give you just as a program when you do have a veteran point guard well yeah i think uh it's shown everybody really likes fast point guards right uh, that are attack minded and um those kinds of point guards have been very successful in our conference and so you know if you can find one to kind of run run the helm for you and, and uh get you into offense but also just have an ability to be playmakers when needed i think that's a extreme huge value and for us um you know something that uh we know is extremely important when you're finishing quarters you're finishing games and you just want to go through one set have the ball in the right person's hands or maybe even break a press um you cannot undervalue even if they are the small smallest player on the floor they're very very valuable on your team just the league in general so far, you've played uh, some good teams already, uh, specifically Idaho, Northern Arizona. I know Eastern and uh, Eastern Washington and Northern Colorado are both coming as well. I mean, I was impressed with a couple of Northern Colorado's freshmen, and goodness gracious, they have a lot of them. Uh, but what have you thought of just uh, the first four games of league play in general here? I mean, you mentioned you think the big sky's a gauntlet. I mean, what makes you think that? It seems like uh, the league continues to improve its depth and competi- uh, competitive level. Well, you know, Idaho opening weekend, uh, you know, they got a sweep and they shot the ball really well that weekend. So they came out firing um, like John Newley's teams do. And then you've got Sac State right now that is getting some mid-major recognition. That's been very, very consistent throughout the entire preseason. And, you know, we, uh, you know, going on that road trip with Idaho and Eastern Washington, I would still not underrate in Eastern Washington because they're just, they fight. They're they're extremely um, relentless. Um, um, throughout their their lineup, and uh, that was a really tough win for us. Northern Colorado, I think we got them maybe on a day that they were off. I'm like they uh, beat Colorado State uh, at a very high scoring game, so they're certainly capable. And then we've we've addressed Northern Arizona, and we certainly um, are going. We haven't seen everybody in the league um, on the court yet. We're going to two more games on the road this week and uh, you've got an Idaho State that uh, had a lot of new faces coming in and maybe got underrated in the polls but you've got a Seton Sobolowski that uh, always has his team uh, defending at a very high level so uh, Weber State uh, once again has a lot of veterans returning and you know it's hard to win on the road it's hard to win at home and I think that consistency you know when you go back to championship teams I'm like that is really the key element and key difference um, with teams that are cutting down nets at the end of the year. Well, your team has cut down nets often over the last several years, including last season winning the Big Sky Tournament. And uh, I asked Danny Sprinkle the same question yesterday. I mean, one of the hardest things in sports is winning a championship. One of the hardest things in basketball is repeating as champions. So what have you thought so far here during the first half of the season of, of your young lady's ability to sort of handle that target on the back and, and also just handle just the narrative of being the defending Big Sky champions? Yeah, I think it's been a little bit much of a distraction. You know, we're just really trying to kind of remove all those distractions, so to speak. You know, we've had the conversations. It's hard. It's hard to have everybody's best game on a given night. And um, But at the same time, I'd rather be in that situation, taking the hard um, on a daily basis. And I think, you know, your ability to remove the distractions and focus on just getting better and what your areas are for your particular team, I think that's really critical. Um, and for us, we've had those moments where we've really locked in and 
focused at an elite level. And then we've had some other nights where we've been a little bit flat. And so we're just trying to get to that level of consistency to, to have that elite level of focus um, and effort in the areas uh, that get you the results that you're looking for. And, and I joked about transition defense, but um, you know, that's a huge area. You know, it's not the flash. It's not the, you know, what goes into the papers and that sort of thing statistically, but it's really important to, to take easy points or, or those high percentage points off the board. And then the second area for us in particular is getting rid of those distractions and those bullseyes and really locking down to finishing plays better. Right now we're, we're extremely vulnerable on the glass and we've got to find some different um, some changes there to get a little bit better um, move up in our results piece because those extra possessions, you know, could be the difference in the outcome of any game. Montana State women's basketball on the road this weekend, playing in Pocatello on Thursday and uh, at Weber State in Ogden on Saturday. Coach, it's uh, amazing. We'll get you out of here on this. It's amazing to think how many times you guys have squared off with Seton Sobolewski and the Idaho State Bengals now. Uh, A full 15-year sample size, uh, but it seems like it's always competitive, great game. I know it's one of those sort of secondary rivalries, or I mean, maybe even a primary rivalry now uh, in the Big Sky Conference and women's hoops. So uh, what do you think of the matchup with ISU on Thursday? How are they different from years past? And why do you think it's always such a competitive game when the Bobcats play the Bengals? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, they have a great atmosphere. Um, Second of all, um, we play heavily through our post play and we know Idaho State's um, really good at swarming post play so I always prepare our kids for a boxing match put the gloves on Um, there's going to be a lot of physicality inside a lot of shoving a lot of swarms a lot of double teams and you know for us we just want to be moving the ball sharing the ball um, on the offensive end I think those things are really similar for Idaho State I think that they just do a great job of you know forcing outside shots and really being in plays to get out and move on the offensive end and for us defensively we're just going to have to be elite communicators uh, their screen action is very similar um, I think um, they've added an element with a very athletic five for them so maybe they don't switch as often as maybe some of the um, actions that they have in the past but um, even though they have some youth at some positions I think the physicality of them the defensive structure is in place and then you have somebody like Callie Bourne who's a veteran um, that is as tough as they get and so she's going to be in a lot of their action on the offensive end so I think uh, everybody's aware of who she is where she is um, She's going to try to do some things on the perimeter and the post. Uh, But, boy, it's almost like everybody says that about a couple of our kids, too. I feel like she's been in the league for 10 years, you know, so um, she's uh, done a great job for them. It is so true. It's amazing the way that these extended eligibilities have influenced everything. Trisha Benford, Montana State head women's basketball coach here on Nuanas Now. Coach Ben, thanks so much for being here, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. But best of luck this weekend. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Coulter. I don't know why, but it does actually seem that the Idaho State stalwarts have been around longer than anybody else in the women's league in uh, Big Sky basketball. More Big Sky uh, women's hoops tomorrow around the Big Sky in women's hoops with Chris Redpath. We'll lead tomorrow's show, so we'll take you all around uh, the weekend that was and the weekend that will be. Thanks to Coach Ben for jumping on here uh, on this Wednesday. That's our Coach's Corner, presented by Maldonado La. Maldonado La. Your Big Sky Defender, visit BigSkyDefender.com. How about some free wings? You know that's what you're here for. We'll do that next, plus we'll give you an update on Grizz Hockey. Keep it right here, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. One of my favorite albums from, I guess it was 2019, The Nashville Sound by Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. Classic. Awesome. Instant classic. Go check it out. Hope those guys come back around this neck of the woods. So sweet. So fun live. Very much enjoyed myself when I saw them at the Kettle House Amphitheater uh, a couple years ago. So hopefully they are uh, making their way Back this way. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're having a phenomenal uh, week so far. We're about to make it better. How about some free wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill? 
Despo's been riding with us since the very beginning, going on like 11 years now. The Desperado has been one of our primary sponsors here uh, at ESPN Radio. And every single Wednesday, including right now, we have a dozen wings from the Desperado for you. All you got to do is call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, caller number 4. We got a basket of wings, the best wings in the city of Missoula. So call us right now, 406 406- 888-1029. And if you are uh, needing a place to watch football, the NFL playoffs starts on Saturday, Wild Card Weekend. Head on down to the Despo. Great place for burgers, beers, wings, french fries, whatever. It's a great place to hang out, watch football, and watch uh, any other sport as well. Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Starting next week, we're going to be back into the swing of things with our Grizz hockey ticket giveaways as well. But uh, for right now... Just a Grizz Hockey update. So Jeff Safford, the voice of Grizz Hockey, joins me, Coulter Nuanas, here uh, in the ESPN MT studio. First of all, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, Coulter. I'm glad to be cruising along with you. So Jeff's been uh, wearing many hats here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, and uh, he is the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads in the summer, the voice of Grizz Hockey in the winter. A little moonlighting is the voice of Grizz Lacrosse in the spring. Uh, so it's been fun having him along. He's also doing a bunch of production work for us. And uh, so he's sitting behind the glass every day, <laughs> helping out in some capacity here on this show. But he hasn't been on the mic uh, in quite some time. First of all, to sort of sum up uh, this first year of Grizz hockey for you, I mean, what's it been like for you on the call? And uh, what have you thought of just your, your inaugural season as the voice of Grizz hockey? Well, it's definitely been a lot of interesting things to learn about the game of hockey. I mean, just for me personally, where I feel where I've come from game one, I'm covering against the University of Idaho to the last game the Grizz played against the Bobcats in Bozeman right before the holidays break and that, so to speak, a game won by Montana. Of course, Grizz fans, whenever you can get a win against MSU, that's good news. (laughs) Yeah. But it's been very interesting just learning about the culture of hockey, being around this team. And one thing I would say about hockey players in general, as I think you expect guys to be like Doug Glatt, you know, the big, strong guys with, you know, teeth missing and that sort of thing. But hockey guys, for the most part, are some of the nicest people you can be around. Well, all of them are from North Dakota, Minnesota, and well, Canada, sure. right? <laughs> I mean, I've never met anybody that was mean from North Dakota or Minnesota or Canada, so it's a pretty good collection. Yeah, you look at um, <laughs> Max Toyola, one of their better offensive players leading the team in goals right now, all-state player in the state of Minnesota from Minocqua, Wisconsin. So there's just an example of that Midwest. Also, Jackson Hill has been great in goal this season from Minnesota. Also have a goal goalie from the north woods of Maine also, which is kind of a cool, I guess, elements of the team, so to speak. That's Will Hayes from, as he's announced, from the north woods of Maine at Grizz Hockey Games. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, the Grizz Hockey team has had a lot of success here in year Absolutely. two uh, during this first half. So here's how it works. They had to be, because it's a, it's a club affiliation, they have to be in school to be able to play games. So University of Montana starts back up classes this next week. So the Grizz Hockey team will be back uh, in action this next week. They got games Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, any uh, holiday weight that the guys might have put on, they're going to be back in shape real quick with four games in four days. But really successful first part of the year before winter break. 17-4, and four, I believe, is the, the record before the break. Is that yes, right? Yes, yes. What do you think have been the key factors for them getting to that point? Well, I'll look at um, one game relatively early in the season, and right in the month of the end of the month of October, they welcomed a team in. We've touched on them in broadcasts multiple times, and with Coach Anderson as well on your show, also um, University of Mary, a team that's been a two-time defending national champion the last two years, still the number one ranked team in ACHA Hockey Division Two, very solid team, and it was a game that. On paper, you look at it, the Grizz lost 5 to nothing, But really, they competed for a bulk of that game. And I think yeah. that was a big building block for that team, saying, hey, if we can play with the University of Mary, we can play with anybody. And yeah. they've been able to pick up wins against ranked teams like Weber State, team that beat the Bobcats of Montana State, who's had a great year. The Bobcats at 17-4, and four, ranked number two in the West region, right behind University of Mary. Beat Utah State, another team that's ranked just ahead of the Grizz in the West region at number five overall. Montana at number six in the latest ranking. We'll have to see where they are 
in terms of a regional ranking when those right. first rankings are released for um, the month of January because there was about a month gap when the season sure. was put on the shelf where there was no new rankings released. Right. But you look at those things and they were able to get that good performance against University of Mary and they used that momentum. Look at what they were able to do after that. They went 12-1 and in games after the game against the Marauders. So that really was a propelling point for the team. And now they got one big test at the end of the year against Montana State at home. I think that's a game that I think this program is really going to be trying to gearing up for last five or six games leading up to that big test against the Cats. About three, four weeks left in the regular season for the Grizz hockey team, but they are back at home for four straight next week. Then they'll be on the road for a little while and then back for that season finale uh, against Montana State in early February. Uh, give us the, the schedule update because uh, we got a couple makeup games, right? Uh, next, that's, next that's week. That's correct. Um, Williston State, um, Williston, North Dakota, pretty close to the North Dakota Montana border. They're actually going to be going out there next week also to play a couple of games against the Tetons on the road. Part of three game trip, one game in Sydney, Montana against another team from North Dakota, Botno, mm-hmm. and then Williston State, two games on the road. But this team was supposed to come out here in the middle of December. You may remember middle of December, all the snow we had, those yeah. temperatures below zero. And with it being such a long trip, just weren't able to make it out here. So Wednesday and Thursday, the Tetons are going to be out here. Afternoon affairs, if you like matinee action, come on out to the Glacier Ice Arena, 1230 Wednesday, Thursday. And then the University of Providence. Interesting program. Providence, a very good team last year, 15-7. and seven. They made it to the national tournament. Their head coach resigned in April of last year and still is kind of trying to get things rolling with the new coach. New coach was hired in the month of November. So we'll see what the Argos bring in here on Friday and Saturday night, kind of late on Friday night, 8.30, and then 8 o'clock on Saturday. So we'll be like baseball, rolling with four games in four days, baby. I'm ready for it. I got to love it. Well, a ton of action next week, starting on Wednesday, matinees Wednesday and Thursday, and then uh, Grizz Hockey under the lights uh, at the Glacier Ice Rink on Friday and Saturday. You can find all the action on the ESPN MT app, as well as here on ESPN Radio. Jeff Safford, voice of Grizz Hockey, joining us here on Nuwana's Now, Anything left to add before we get you out of here? Just uh, hope for a great ending to the season. It's going to be good run along with the boys again, and uh, come out here on Grizz Hockey. It's a fun time out at the rink anytime they're out there. It's uh, always a good time. Go check them out. Whether it's during the day or in the evening, Chris Hockey back in the fold next week. And we'll have all the action here uh, on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN MT app. Nuanas now, our one in the books, our two coming at you. How about a college football Hall of Famer? He's so famous, we got a bronze of him in the studio. One of my favorite guys, Bill Kohler, joins us next for our ESPN Roundtable. Keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.